الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين استفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أيام المعدودات سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم In every endeavor and every attempt in life, when you come towards the end of that process, you should begin a review. Sometimes this is called mid-year review. Sometimes this is called end-year review. Before you reach the last 10 days of Ramadan, you should review your current Ramadan. Before you start the last 10 days of Ramadan, we should review how did we spend our first 20 days of Ramadan. And the way to make that review is to check whether we were able to obtain and gain the purpose and goal and the maqsad of this month of Ramadan. And the maqsad of this Ramadan were three things in essence. Number one was to increase in our taqwa. Number two was to change and to have an intention to change. And number three was to become firm in our tawbah. These are the three things. And if in any way we feel that we are deficient or kacha in any of these three things, then the last ten days of the month of Ramadan is the last opportunity, the last chance, the last moment, those last few days in the ayyam al-ma'dudat, in those limited days, to make sure we get these three goals of the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an al-Kareem, أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنْمَ مَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ أَبَثًا That do you think that we have created you in vain? No. Allah subhanahu wa did not create humanity in vain. Allah subhanahu wa did not create humanity on a whim. Allah subhanahu wa created each and every one of us for a purpose. وَمَا خَلَقْتُمْ جِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ he says in Qur'an that he did not create humanity except for his ubudiyat, except for his abdiyat. So that means another purpose in Ramadan is to realize the asal maqsad of our creation, to realize the asal maqsad of our wujud on earth, and that is to become the servant and slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ramadan is meant to create taqwa. Ramadan is also meant to create shukr to make us more grateful servants and slaves. And that is through the simple meaning of, or the simple mechanism of fasting, that when we go without food and drink, we are supposed to become grateful for how much food and drink we always have. And if you think about it, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, me and you live extremely luxurious lives. Normally, any time of the year, any craving that we have, we just satisfy it. If you're sitting in your dorm room at 11 p.m. and you feel like pizza, you pick up the phone and you get it. If you're in your dorm room and you feel like having a soda or juice or shake or coffee or tea, within 10 minutes you can get it. Anything that you want, almost anything that you want to eat and drink, you satisfy that wish and whim and desire of yours 24 hours a day. That is an incredible mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The vast majority of people on earth do not have such a luxury. The vast majority of Muslims in Pakistan do not have such a luxury. They cannot even satisfy their desire to have meat or chicken, let alone have all of the fancy snacks and fast food 
and junk food that me and you eat. So it's meant that we should be a grateful slave. You should think that that person upon whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent so many blessings, so many bounties, that they have that financial luxury, that financial comfort, that financial ability, then they should be even more grateful slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should be checking ourselves that have we received this lesson, or will we just mindlessly fasting away, just mindlessly becoming hungry and thirsty, without realizing what lesson of shukr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted us to take. The next lesson this month of Ramadan is that we are meant to learn sabr and how to restrain our nafs. Now if during Ramadan we are able to restrain ourselves from hunger and thirst, but still we fight with one another, still we argue with one another, still we fall into sin, it means that we haven't learned our lesson yet. So now staying away from food and drink from Fajr to Maghrib is easy for us. Now we have to spend the rest of Ramadan learning sabr in every area of life. Learning how to restrain our nafs in every single area of life. Whether it's in traffic and driving, whether it's standing in line, whether it's anything in this world, we must now start training ourselves. Can I get that lesson from Ramadan? Can I get that barakah and benefit from Ramadan? Can I make myself a person of sabr? And... Restraining our nafs particularly means keeping our nafs from sin. Can I control? Restrain means do I have control? Now we all have control over ourselves that we don't eat and drink. Now the rest of Ramadan should be spent trying to get that control. But can I control my eyes? Can I control my tongue? Can I control my thoughts? Can I control my feelings? Can I control my desires? Can I control my wishes? So all of the rest of the month now, we should be focusing on another type of control. And we should be checking ourselves and saying, have we got that control or not? And this month of Ramadan is a month of change. And in this month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to change in one major attribute which is taqwa. That is one thing at the very least we should make sure does not remain unchanged during this month of Ramadan. We should increase in our taqwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullaha haqqa tukati That, O oh, you who believe, you must fear Allah as He deserves to be feared. You must be aware of Allah as He deserves to be aware of. You must know Allah as He wishes to be known. You must love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He wishes to be loved. Hakka tukati. That's a very big task. That's a very big command. Allah Ta'ala has not asked for a little bit of taqwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elsewhere in the Quran has said, That you must have taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as you are able, as much as you can. In other words, this is an attribute that we have to maximize. Maximum taqwa, that is the purpose of this month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, up till now we've all been able to restore ourselves at least to touch taqwa. Before the rest of the year, forget maximum taqwa, forget the haq of taqwa, we didn't even have a drop of taqwa. But now having spent 12, 14, 16 days of Ramadan, at least we have now started to touch taqwa.
We have some feeling of taqwa. We have some concept of taqwa. We have some relationship with taqwa. Now we must spend the rest of the month of Ramadan internalizing that taqwa, maximizing that taqwa in such a way that it will be lasting, it will continue and stay with us after this month ends. So if anybody was to ask, how much taqwa should I have? There's no limit. It's limitless. That's why you will see when you pick up Quran and read it, on every page, there, the word taqwa. Every page, several times, every few lines almost, you will find taqwa. Everywhere. Over and over, whatever the surah, whatever the passage, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over and over again is telling us to become people of taqwa. So, we should have a craze for taqwa. That's what we should think. Yani taqwa ka nasha hona you should have an intoxication of taqwa. Just think this one word should be on your mind, in your heart. You should be thinking of it all the time. Walking on campus thinking taqwa. Enter the PTC, think taqwa. If you just even think of the word, it will be enough. Even that will put you aright. Just remembering the name taqwa. Just remembering the word taqwa. You should be thinking about it all the time. Taqwa, taqwa, taqwa. Now let's go, you lums, lums, lums. Tonight, taqwa, taqwa, taqwa. You should put on the back of your, what is it, the back screen windshield of your car, taqwa. Taqwaite. <laughs> oh, that's what you have to make yourself. Person of taqwa. That should be our identity, that should be our craze. There is no limit to taqwa. Acha Allah SWT says in Quran, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يُكَفِّرْ أَنْهُ سَيِّئَاتِ that that person who has taqwa, Allah Ta'ala drops all of their sins. Allah Ta'ala forgives all of their sins. There are two things mentioned in Qur'an that enable a person to get rid of their sins. One is tawbah, the other is taqwa. It means if you start having taqwa, it automatically includes tawbah. Jo banda seedha ho jata hai, ye to phir vazeh tawr par maloom hai ki wo if you adopt taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will forgive you for your sins. For example, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that whenever a person has the opportunity to do sin and they don't do it out of taqwa, not because of society or because somebody's watching them or because they worry they'll get caught, no. If they have the chance to do sin, even a small sin, and they don't do it out of taqwa. At that moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept any dua they make. So, aam tawar par log kubuliyat dua ke okaat talash karte hain. Aap kya roz kubuliyat dua ka mokha hain. Hey, samjhe? You just walk on campus and you will have many opportunity to sin with your eyes. If only and only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
only out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only out of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you lower your gaze and don't make that small, what you think is a small sin at that moment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept any dua that you make. Next time you need something, no need to come to me and ask me to make dua. Just take a walk around campus, five minutes. <laughs> oh, when I first heard this hadith, we used to drive through the bar areas of Manhattan, make dua. Oh, sometimes I used to walk home from high school home three miles, making dua. Mazidah. Anytime you have an opportunity to do sin and you leave it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accept your du'as. Mazimin. Taqwa. Allah ta'ala honors taqwa. Don't think and sometimes you don't understand this. Anytime you do something for the sake of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors that, He esteems that, He values that, He reciprocates that with Incredible amount of barakat, incredible amount of blessings, mercy, hidayah from his side. Don't think that I'll do something for Allah and maybe Allah will not accept it. If I do something for Allah, maybe He will not value it. If I do something for Allah, maybe it won't please Him. No, 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 no. It's not possible. Anything you do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be incredibly accepted, will be immediately accepted by Him. That is why we should adopt taqwa. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another verse in the Qur'an, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in tatakullaha, if you adopt taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yaj'allakum furqana, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make for you, He will open your eyes. He will make it clear for you that it was a sin. What does this mean? It means you have a chance to do sin. Inside your heart, you don't really view it as sin. Inside your heart, you don't view it as repugnant. Actually, inside your heart, you view it as appealing. But just for the sake of Allah, you sacrifice and you forget the fact that you are attracted or appealed by that, and you give it up. If you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make for you a furqan. He will open up your heart to show you the ugliness of that act. He will make you start viewing it as a sin. So the first time it takes the kalluf, the first time you have to force yourself not to do it. But as you make yourself not do it, then Allah Ta'ala Himself will soften your heart in such a way that your heart will no longer be inclined towards it. Once that happens, then it's second nature for you. Second nature, not to do that sin. Taqwa will become second nature to us, but in the initial stage we have to make that exercise. So Ramadan al-Mubarak is the month in which to make that exercise. Ramadan is the month for us to adopt that taqwa, to enshroud ourselves in that taqwa, and then later on by doing it extensively in this month, then by the end of this month, that taqwa inshallah will become second nature. So in these last ten days of the month of Ramadan, Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, which will begin on Friday, and Friday after Maghrib, the last ten days of Ramadan will begin. Sayyidina Rasulullah said in the hadith, وَآخِرُ إِتْكُمْ مِنَ النَّارِ أَوَّلَهُ مَغْفِرَةٌ أَوَّلَهُ رَحْمَةٌ The first ten days of this month of Ramadan are a mercy. وَأَوْسَتُهُ مَغْفِرَةٌ And the middle ten days of this month are a maghfirah. 
And the last ten days of this month of Ramadan have so much power in them, so much mercy in them, so much forgiveness in them that they are able to take a person out of hellfire. That means that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is increasing the power of the month of Ramadan as we keep going deeper into it, then we also should be increasing the intensity with which we spend Ramadan as we go deeper into it. Hazrat Shah Waliullah Muhaddis has mentioned four signs that a person can tell and use to check themselves if they have improved in this month of Ramadan or not. The first sign is that you can say signs or signs of improvement, signs of change. The first sign is that did their sin go down? If they find that their sins have gone down in the month of Ramadan, as opposed to the sins they did outside the month of Ramadan, it means that Ramadan is having an effect on them. It means Ramadan is changing them. It means Ramadan is bettering them. The second thing is that if they feel in this month that they are less attached to the dunya, they have less love for ghairullah, they are less attracted to the material or the beautiful things of this world. Because there are two fitnas that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put here, two tests Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put here. One is mal and the second is jamal. The first is mal which is wealth and money. For some people that is a test. And because they want to have more and more money, they do anything and everything to have more and more money. Even if it means breaking the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people have that disease. And for some people that is a very big test. Most of the younger people, however, suffer from the second disease, which is the second test that Allah Ta'ala has put on this world, which is jamal, which is beauty. That this beauty that exists in this world is a test for us. And sometimes a person has, and this illness in Arabic is called hirs. And hirs means a person has an insatiable greed, in unsatisfiable wants to keep seeing more and more and more, keep looking at more and more and more. It's unquenchable, unsatisfiable, greed for beauty. This also has to be fought in this month of Ramadan. So the second thing was that if our attraction for the dunya means the mal of the dunya or jamal of the dunya goes down. And the people who were close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they cared nothing for this money and they cared nothing for the jamal. Once there was a shaykh and the ruler of the time had a lot of love for that shaykh. So he went to the shaykh and he asked him that, Oh shaykh, I have a lot of love for you. I want to grant you something of this world. He went to the shaykh in tawaf. He saw the shaykh making tawaf. And inside the haram sharif, he asked him that, Oh shaykh, I have so much love for you. And I'm the rule of the time. Can I do something for you? Ask me something so I can do it for you. So the shaykh looked at him and said, That how should I ask you for something in the haram sharif, in the Kaaba, which is the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
the place of asking him. So the ruler kept quiet. So then the ruler decided that, okay, what I will do, because of his love, he said that I will wait outside the haram. And when Shaykh leaves the Kaaba and leaves the haram, then I will ask him that I want to do something for you. Please ask me anything so that I can do it for you. So then Shaykh, when he was done with his ibadat in the haram, and he left and exited, and the ruler was waiting for him, and then he went to him and said, Oh Shaykh, I am so fond of your piety. I love you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I am the ruler of the time, so I want to do your khidmat, so ask me something so that I can do it for you. So Shaykh said that, okay, should I ask you something from the deen, or should I ask you something from the dunya? So the ruler said, Shaykh, you cannot ask me something from the deen. There's nothing I can grant you in deen that I will take from you. Ask me something from the dunya. So then he said, okay, when in my entire life I have never ever asked something of the dunya from that being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created the dunya, why in the world would I ask something of the dunya from you? Allah Akbar Kabira. Subhanallah. मैंने पूरी जिंदगी में दुनिया से के बनाने वालों से कभी दुनिया का तलबगार नहीं पेश आया तो मैंने आपसे क्या मांगना है these were the people who had left any interest in mal in dunya in accumulation in this world these were the true kings these were the kings of hearts they had the true kingdom on earth then there was a sheikh to show you how they're also not interested in Jamal. That one day he was walking and there was a very beautiful young girl and she was trying to attract different men towards her. So she was a slave girl and so he went up and he asked that I would like to buy her. And they said, no, she already has a master. Says no problem. I'd like to buy her from her master, old Sheikh Sufyan Dari. <laughs> so the young girl was very flattered that look, even your bura baba bhi mera ashik ho gaya, right? So she said, no, no, let him come. So he came, and she asked him, how much will you offer for me? And he said that no, I want to buy you. And she said that, okay, let's take him with us. I want to take him to my master and show my master that, look, I'm such an attractive girl that even this Bura Baba Mirasha Kogya. So they took him along. When they reached that caravan, reached the master, so she said, oh, master, look at this old man. <laughs> he is in love with me and he wants to purchase me from you. So the master also had a good laugh. And he said, old man, what would you like to offer for her? And he said, two dates. <laughs> because they had gathered the whole court to have this fun. So the master was embarrassed in front of everyone. That the old man is saying that my beautiful slave girl is just worth two dates. So he said to him, old man, what have you said? He said that this creature of yours, one day she's going to get old. 
She's going to get wrinkles. She's going to be an old hag. And I'm thinking of the women in Jannat who will remain beautiful forever. So this creature of yours, if she eats something, she excretes najasat, filth comes out of her. I'm thinking of those women in Jannat who are completely pure and fragrant even more than the fragrance of musk. In Istra, he kept saying all these things. So he said, as far as I'm concerned, this thing is just worth two dates. If you want, I'll give you two dates. You can give her to me. <laughs> Means he had no attraction. He was trying to show that person and to show all of those people who are going crazy over the looks of that girl that this jamal, this beauty is ephemeral. It's transient. It's fleeting. It's not deep. It's not real. The real beauty lies in the jamal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person wants to become an ashik of beauty, he should become an ashik of that being who created beauty itself. Allahu alam, Allah only knows how beautiful must that being be who created beauty himself. Why do we give up the jamal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the little faces of this world? So in Ramadan, we should also be checking that our attraction towards mal, our attraction towards the dunya, number one, wealth, and our attraction to the dunya, number two, jamal, is this going down? That is also a sign that we are progressing in this month of Ramadan. The third sign is that is our attraction to the akhirah, is our interest in the akhirah going up? Do we think more about the akhirah? Do we find ourselves remembering the akhirah? Do we start thinking that I am going to live after I die? Is that something we're aware of? Do we start thinking about that? Do we think about the qabr? Do we think about the day of judgment? Do we think about the reckoning? Do we think about being placed in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do we think about our eternal abode, our eternal destiny? If those thoughts are increasing in our hearts and our minds, then that is also a sign that we are changing in Ramadan. And if we haven't done that yet, then again, we have these 10-15 days left to try to increase our mind and our hearts and our focus and keep thinking more and more about Ramadan, uh, more and more about the Akhirah. The more and more you think about the Akhirah, again, the less attracted you will be in this world. Just like, for example, if you're traveling somewhere for a conference or for an interview or for some transit, and you spend one night in a hotel on the way, you just sleep in that room. You don't look deeply at the decoration of that room. You don't become personally attached to that room because you know you're just a traveler. You're just passing through. That is what Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ tried to teach us in a hadith that our feeling about this earth should be that we are just passing through. كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبَ أَوَابِرُ السَّبِيلِ You should live in this world as if you were a stranger or just a traveler on the path. Just like you were traveling on the path and you decided to sit underneath a tree for a short period of time in the shade. That is the dunya. So thinking more and more about the akhirah, focusing more on the akhirah. And the fourth way of checking whether we have improved in the month of Ramadan, the first way was that our sins have gone down. 
The second was that our attraction for the dunya has gone down. The third was that our remembrance and preparation for the akhirah has gone up. And the fourth is that his, our ibadat and our ta'luk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increased. Do we feel more inclined to do ibadat? Do we fear the quality, quality, not quantity, quality of our ibadat has gone up? Do we feel any dini improvement in us? Do we feel that we're following more sunnah? Do we feel that we're following more Qur'an? So we should check if we feel some dini improvement in us, then that is also a sign that we are improving in this month of Ramadan. Now one of the most important things that is coming in these last 10 days is Laylatul Qadr. Let me explain to you a little bit how you should be looking for this night and what you should do on this night. As first all of you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an al-Kareem about Laylatul Qadr, خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٌ That it is better than a thousand months, which means it is better than 83 years. What does this mean? This means that if you make a dua on that night for something, it is as if you spent 83 years constantly making that dua. Now just imagine if somebody made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uninterrupted for 83 years, 24 hours a day, for 83 years, obviously Allah ta'ala would grant it, Right? So all you have to do is make that one dua on that night and it will have so much qadr, Allah Ta'ala will put so much power in that dua that it will reach Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala in such a way as if you had been making that dua for 83 years. Or if a person makes some ibadat on that night, if a person prays some nafil on that night, it will be lifted up to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala as if that person had did 83 years of nafil, 24 hours a day for 83 years he is praying nafil. That is how it will be lifted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person cries over their sin on that night, if a person makes tawbah on that night, it will be as if that person spent 83 years continually crying 24 hours a day over their sin. Imagine if somebody spent 83 years, day and night, crying in remorse and regret in tawbah over their sin. Imagine how much of Allah Ta'ala's mercy will come. Exactly that much mercy will come on the person who cries on Laylatul Qadr, that single night of Laylatul Qadr, over their sins. Now you understand what Laylatul Qadr is. The Qadr in that, the power of that night. When is that night? In a hadith and book compiled by Imam Bukhari Rimullah, narrated by Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Taharru Laylatul Qadr fil Witri, that you should seek out Laylatul Qadr in the odd, min al ashril awakhiri min Ramadan in the odd nights of the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan. You must seek Laylatul Qadr. So this is the sunnah way to find Laylatul Qadr. That we must seek it, we must search for it in the odd nights of the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan. It means you need to spend 5 nights. 
if you spend those five nights according to the sunnah of the salam, then you will find 83 years. Those five nights are 21, 23, 25, 27, 29. The night that precedes the 21st fast, the night that precedes the 23rd, 25th, 27th, 29th fast of Ramadan. Those nights are for you here in Lahore going to be Friday night, this Friday night, today is Monday, this Friday night, then Sunday night, then Tuesday night, then Thursday night, then Saturday night. These five nights. You should try to spend as much time as you can in those nights in ibadat and zikr. Ideally, you should really try to spend the entire night in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you should try, and you can come here, and you can do qiyamul You can come here for Isha and make the niyat that you're going to stay here all night until Fajr. And we have some boys who may be here, they have to have to decide that. But last year, they would all get together and have Sari together. So, our Khwaja Muzammal was sitting in Ittikaf. And there will be some people here sitting in Ittikaf. So, if you spend that entire night in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so what should you do on those nights? Number one is you should pray some Qaza namaz. And don't believe these SMSs that are going around that every now and then somebody shows me that if you pray five kaza namaz and layl together, sari kaza namaz hujate. Aise bhi nahi hota. Theek na? That's like saying that aap par kisi ka karz hai aur aap unko ek dollar de dein us raat. Aur keh dein ki aise hi hai ki har raat mein aapko ek dollar dena ho 83 saal ke liye. To ye ek dollar jo main aapko dena hu, it's like I'm giving you a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Koi manne ke liye tayar hai? کوئی نہیں مانے گا جو قرض ہے نا وہ ادا کرنا پڑتا ہے قضاء ایک قرض ہے آپ کے اوپر قضاء نماز قرض ہے but what you can do is you can pray some قضاء صلاح and try if you're a person who has missed many many prayers maybe when you were 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 and you continue to miss some some prayers when you're 20, 21, 22 etc then at least that night you should at least offer one each of those prayers. One Fajr Qaza, one Dhuhr, one Asr, one Maghrib, one Isha, one Mitr Qaza. And make dua after that and say, Ya Allah, due to the barakah of this night of power, I ask you to put enough power and steadfastness in me, to put enough power and barakah in the rest of my life on earth, that before I pass away from this earth, I will have been able to have offered all of my outstanding prayers, all of my missed prayers, all of my kazai umri to you. That's one thing you can do. Second thing on that night, you should try to pray the different types of nafil salah. There's one type of prayer that is called tahiyatul wudu. That after you make wudu, you pray two rakats nafil. There's one type of prayer called tahiyatul masjid. That just on entering the masjid you pray two rakats nafil. Then there's two rakats salatul haja. That a prayer of need. There's a particular dua. Fawajah will give it to you if you're here. Then you can pray two rakats salatul istikhara. Even if you don't have some pressing decision or some rishta at that moment, 
still you can make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put so much barakah in the salatul istikhara on this night, put so much power on this night, that put khair in all the decisions I will make from this night until the moment I enter my grave. Inspire my heart in all the decisions I'm going to make in my life, be they small or large, from this night until the moment I enter my grave. Then you can also pray to your rakat salat tawbah after which you can recite Sayyidul Istighfar, which Imran Sahib will give you. It is a dua that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that this is the most potent dua for, to make istighfar. Not the most potent tasbih of istighfar, but if a person is going to make one dua to seek Allah's forgiveness, this is called Sayyidul Istighfar, the king of istighfars. You can pray two rakats nafil with the niyat of tawbah, that is known as salat tawbah. And then recite this dua, Sayyidul Istighfar. Then you should try to pray tahajjud in that night, in the last third of the night, because you're hopefully going to be up all night. Right? You need to pull five nighters. Five nighters to get 83 years of ibadat. People here spend five nighters to get one quarter or one semester worth of grades. Five nighters for that. Five all nighters for four or five final exams. So you should. Pray tahajjud. Try to pray four rakats or try to pray eight rakats tahajjud. Sayyidina Rasulullah normally used to pray eight rakats and sometimes four rakats and a fewer times two rakats of tahajjud salat. Then there is another salat called salat tasbih. That also any one of the boys who are here can teach that to you. There is a particular way of praying salat making use of this tasbih, subhanallahi, walhamdulillahi, wa la ilaha illallahu, wallahu akbar. And to say that 75 times in different postures and positions in the rakat, over four rakats, that's that you say it 300 times. Along with everything else you normally have to say in the prayer, Fatiha, Surah, and all of that. Try to pray that once. Sayyidina Rasulullah said that Salatul Tasbih is so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if it was up to me, and if it was up to the Prophet I would make it farz every day. But it wasn't the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do that. So then the Prophet said that if it was up to me, I would make it farz every day. But then what you should do is try to pray it at least once a week. If you can't pray it once a week, pray it at least once a month. If you can't pray it at least once a month, pray it at least once a year. And then he said, if you can't pray it at least once a year, pray it at least once in your lifetime. But you should pray it because it is a most beloved act of worship. It is a, not the, a most beloved act of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To try to pray salat al-tasbih. So you should make these different, these are the ways, this is what you should do on that night in terms of your salah. And if somebody wants, you can start that now. It's not necessary, you only have to do it in the odd nights of the last 10 days. These are things generally we're telling you that are part of the deen and part of the sunnah and the Prophet used to do them scattered throughout the year. But at least we can try to make that extra effort to do them on the odd nights of the last 10 days. Next is tilawat al-Qur'an. That you should try to read some Qur'an on those nights. Now you're not going to be able to finish the whole Qur'an in one night. You should try to read something. What you should do is you should sit down and you should think and make an assessment that how much do I think I can read every single day? Somebody will say, I can read one para every day. Mushkil. Some of you may think you can read half a para every day. 
Some of you may feel I can read one quarter part every day. Somebody would say, okay, at least three rukus, that takes five minutes. Three rukus is a minimum I can do every day. Whatever you think is a minimum that you can continue for every day of your life, you started on that night. And you read that amount and you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, due to the power of this night, give me the power and ability to make tilawat of your Qur'an, to read your Qur'an regularly every single day of my life, at least this minimum amount. Second way to read Qur'an is to... And from, this is for you guys, because most of you have only memorized a small amount of the Qur'an. Most of you would have memorized maybe half a part of the Qur'an or one quarter part of the Qur'an. If that is the case, if your memorization amount is half part or less, then you should read what you have memorized. And you should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That on this night of Qadr, number one, I make dua to you and Allah never, never let me ever forget this. Never let me become so distant from you that you even take away some verses or surahs from my mind. If it has happened to any of you, that when you were 14, 15, 16, you knew this many surahs, and now you've forgotten some of them, read those surahs on that night. And make the, that you have forgotten, but you had once remembered. And make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, out of the barakah of this night of Qadr, give me, restore back to me that memory power, and restore to me the power to relearn and rememorize those surahs. And then you should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you tawfiq to gradually increase your memorization. Not necessary for everyone to be hafiz, but everyone should try to increase their memorization a little bit so that you have some new surahs to use in prayer, that you know some new meanings of surahs. So you can make tilawat in these different ways. And if you happen to know some special ayat of the Qur'an, such as ayat al-Kursi, there's some other famous ayat in the Qur'an. You can read those on that particular night. Surah Yasin, etc. Then the next thing you should do on that night is you should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That, ya Allah, on this night of power, through your power and mercy, give me tawfiq to be able to learn the meanings of the Qur'an and to spend my life trying to absorb the meanings of the Qur'an. Not in an intellectual tarjama tafsir type of sense, but in my heart type of sense. That whatever meaning with which that verse of the Qur'an was revealed, whatever meaning it is intending to try to bring to my heart, whatever change in behavior that ayat came to create, let my behavior change in that way according to every ayah of the Qur'an. That is the dua you can make on those nights. And any night, again, everything I'm saying to you can be done anytime of the year. But these are some extra things to do on that night. Next thing is to make durood sharif. To do amal on the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. And to recite some durood sharif. Try to recite it 100 times. Because Sayyidina Rasulullah in hadith used to make different zikr-iskar 100 times. And then make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that out of the barakah of this night and power make me a person who is regular in sending the rood and then make me a person who is regular in following the sunnah 
and make me a person again who learns and understands the meanings of hadith and sunnah such that they enter into my heart and whatever teaching the Prophet gave in order to change my heart that my life should be lived so that my heart is also changed in such a way. So make those du'as on Layatul Qadr. Next is a person should make dhikr. A person should make some zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That can be some zikr of the tongue. Subhanallah wa bihamdi subhanallah nazim. That can be some zikr of the tongue saying la ilaha illallah hundred times. And that can be a zikr of the heart the way we teach you in the end of the bayan. That you should spend 5, 10, 15 minutes every night on those last odd nights of the last 10 days of Ramadan, 10 nights of Ramadan. That you should close your eyes and bow your head and try to cut yourself off from everything in the world and try to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the depth of your heart as if your heart is making the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name as if your spiritual heart is saying Allah, Allah, Allah. And then after that exercise you should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Allah, I want the love for you to enter my heart. I want your name to be inscribed on my heart. To, in the power of this night of Layl Tukadar Inscribe your name, write your name on my heart. Make my heart a permanent lover of yours. The next thing and the last thing a person should do, what the last thing I will mention to you on that night, is that a person should make istighfar and dua and do tawbah. These are three things I'm combining. Istighfar means you should recite some istighfar. Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam used to recite istighfar 100 times a day. So you can recite a small istighfar, astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli zanbin wa atubu ilayh. hundred times that night. And then make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Allah, due to this night of power, due to your power, make this istighfar so powerful that it is able to forgive me for all of my sins. Make this istighfar so powerful that it is able to save me from committing sins ever again in my future. And a special du'a, Sayyidina Rasulullah, specifically mentioned for Laylatul Qadr. Specific du'a that the Prophet taught us to make in Laylatul Qadr. Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun tuhimbul afwa fafu'anna. Allahumma, O oh Allah, innaka verily you. Afuun are forgiving, kareemun are generous in your forgiving. Fafu'anna, so therefore forgive us. Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun tuhibbul afwa fafu'anna. That, oh Allah, you are forgiving and generous in your forgiving. Tuhibbul afwa, you love to forgive. Fafu'anna, forgive us. So you should learn this du'a and you should keep reciting this from time to time throughout. All those nafuls you're praying, make this du'a afterwards. Those different surahs you recite, make this du'a afterwards. Allahumma innaka afuun kareemun tuhibbul afwa fafu'anna. You should make this du'a as much as you can. Istighfar. Then generally du'a. Generally you should make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything and everything that you can. Every du'a that you can think of. And the other than that is first to make du'a for yourself and first to make du'a for your spirituality, for your deen, for your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for your understanding of the deen, for your amal on the deen. And then to make dua for the most near ones around you, your immediate family members. And then to make dua for your teachers, your friends, your students, then your area, your city, your country, or the ummah. 
So that is the tartib and dua in terms of ourselves vis-a-vis other people. The second tartib and dua is to first make dua for the deen and then make dua for things that are jais in this dunya that you wish to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. So you should make as much dua as you possibly can on that night. And the last and final thing is you should pledge yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah. You should make a pledge of tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that night. And you should pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after pledging your tawbah to Him that, Ya Allah, I am weak. And many times I have made tawbah to you in the past. But on this night, this is Laylatul Qadr. So put so much power in this tawbah that I'm making on this night that this tawbah becomes true. This tawbah becomes sincere. This tawbah becomes lasting. This tawbah has so much power in it that it truly keeps me away from sin. This tawbah becomes the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Tubu illallahi tawbatan nasuha. That make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tawbatan nasuh, a true, deep, sincere, intense tawbah, and say, Ya Allah, I don't have inside me that intensity to give to this tawbah. But this is the night of Laylatul Qadr. Out of your power and the power of this night, put intensity in this toba and accept this toba from me. And that is the real asal of this month of Ramadan. That is the real asal of the last 10 days of Ramadan. And that is the real asal of Laylatul Qadr. And that is the asal of this entire deen in some sense that we must become people of toba. So I will end tonight, end this whole series by giving you one story of toba. So that you understand what the power of Tawbah is. Because we have underestimated what the power of Tawbah is. In America, in a lot of the prisons and jails in America, there is a spreading of the deen of Islam. And there are people, and the government actually, even now, encourages Muslim scholars to come in and invite prisoners to Islam because they say that nothing is able to reform the prisoner as much as this Islam. Much more than our correctional system or our reform program. Much more than even the Christianity going on in the jails. So if there's one place in America, we say, Abhi bhi kol kam hota hai, even outside. But jails may kol kam hota hai. So there was once a person that we knew of in North Carolina. And alhamdulillah, Allah ta'ala ko jazakhir de. He made this his passion. This is an old story. This is from the 1990s. And he used to work in the prisons. And he used to invite people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And invite people to the deen of Islam. And he has spent his years of his life doing this. So one day somebody asked him that, you know, you've been doing this for so long. You must have had so many interesting experiences. There must be so many stories you have to tell. Tell us one thing from all of your experience in doing this work in the prisons. He said, yes, there is one story that really sticks out in my mind. There is one event that happened to me in the course of doing this work of dawah in the prisons that really sticks out in my mind. So he said that once I was making dawah in a prison, And there was a young man who decided to accept Islam. And he converted, reverted, whatever you want to call it, and he became a Muslim. But he said, what I was amazed about this young man 
after he converted Islam, he came to me and he said, I want to learn. I want you to teach me. So he said, I thought like all of the other people who accept Islam, they want to learn the basics. And I sat him down and I taught him the basics of the deen of Islam, the basic beliefs, how to pray, taught him how to pray, and I was then ready to move on to the next person. He kept coming to me and saying, no, no, I want to learn more. I want to learn everything. And he says that that young man had a craze for learning Islam. And he would want to read Quran and read Hadith and understand Sunnah. And he just kept after me that I want everything. Don't leave me until you've told me everything about the deen of Islam. So he says that because this was such a rare person, I, my heart also became attracted. And I also put my full effort in him and tried to teach him and even learn more myself so I could teach him. And so I became very close to him intimately, personally. So then because I was close to him, he says, and I asked him one day after developing a very close relationship with him, I asked him that, oh brother, why don't you tell me that how do you feel that Islam has changed you? What do you feel has been the biggest change that has come upon you due to your accepting Islam? So he told him that, O oh, Imam, as you know, I'm about to become free in a few months. My jail sentence is going to end in a few months. That is because they caught me on a minor crime and therefore I was given a sentence of just a few years. But the truth is that I'm a much greater criminal then the system knows, I'm a murderer. And I used to kill people. And I've killed several dozen people. And I used to kill them for no reason whatsoever. I used to kill them just for the joy of seeing their blood spill. When I would kill them, I would dance around their body. This was the type of person I was. Allahu Akbar Kabira. This was the type of insan that I was. And then he said to him, that now that I've accepted the deen of Islam, when I walk in the courtyard of the prison, I look down and I make sure that as I'm walking in the courtyard, not even a single ant should fall under my shoe. That is how much I value life. So he said to him, Imam, this is how the deen of Islam has changed me. This is true Tawbah. This is the power of Tawbah. If any one of us were to make such a true Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our heart would be changed like this. So in this month of Ramadan, in these last 10 days of Ramadan, we should try to learn to make such a true Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like that young man did in prison, so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also accepts us and makes us his beloveds, as he has said in Qur'an al-Kareem, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَابِينَ That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a deep and sincere love, is mad lover of the people who make a sincere and true tawbah to him. وَآخِرَ دَعْوَانَا أَنَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Before we make dua, make zikr. Close your eyes and bow your head. Reflect upon everything that was said and heard. Imagine and make niyat that, Ya Allah, you said in Qur'an, فَذْكُرُونِ أَذْكُرَكُمْ That, Ya Allah, if we remember you, you will remember us. Ya Allah, we are in desperate need of you. We are in desperate need that you remember us. We are in desperate need that you shower your rahmat, your mercy, your maghfirat upon our hearts. 
that you purify our heart of our sins, that you soften our heart towards your remembrance, that you incline our heart towards your obedience, that you fill our hearts with your love. So, Ya Allah, in order to attract you to remember us in this way, we make need that we are remembering you in our heart. As you said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ And remember your Rabb from the bottom of your heart. So, Ya Allah, we cut ourselves off from all of our worldly thoughts, all of our preoccupations, and we go deep into our heart, and we turn to you from the depth of our heart. We turn to you in zikr from the depth of our heart. We're calling upon your ismi azam, your ismi jalala from the depth of our heart, as if our hearts are calling Allah, Allah, Allah. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Make dua Subhana Rabbi Allah Wahab Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa barik wa sallam Rabbana zalamna anfusana Wa illam takfillana Wa tarhamna Lanakunanna mina khasirin Allahumma innaka afuun kareem Innaka afuun kareemun Tuhibbul aqwa Ya Allah Tuhibbul aqwa Fafu anna واغفر لنا وارحمنا يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله يرب كريم يا الله we turn to you on this night يا الله on this night in which we have done tazkara of your toba we have done tazkara of your rahma we have done tazkara of your maghfara يا الله truly you are التواب الرحيم يا الله you are الغفور الغفار يا الله you are الملك الكريم يا رب كريم we turn to you and invoke these sifat Ya Allah, we call upon your mercy, we call upon your forgiveness, we call upon your acceptance of tawbah, and Ya Allah, we turn to you in repentance. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept this tawbah from our heart. Ya Allah, we pledge our hearts in repentance to you. Ya Allah, we pledge ourselves to you. Ya Allah, so many times in the past we've been untrue to this pledge. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept us on this night. Ya Allah, we ask you not to return us to our old ways, not to return us to our past, not to return us to our old habits, but Ya Allah, we ask that you give grant us lasting change, everlasting change, that you mold us according to the Quran, Sunnah, and Sharia, that you mold us in such a way that is pleasing to you, that you mold us on the model of the Sahaba Karam and Sahabiyat, that you mold us on the pattern of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we want to be your mu'min. We want to be your hakiki mu'mineen. We want to be the hakiki muslimin. Ya Allah, we ask you to take away the nifaq from our hearts, to take away the nifaq from our actions. Ya Allah, we are sick of leading a duplicitous life. We are sick of leading a two-faced life. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to grant us purity and sincerity. Ya Allah, we ask you to make us muttaqi. We ask you to make us tahir. Ya Allah, we ask you to make us tayyib. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to purify our hearts. We ask you to purify our souls. We ask you to purify our minds. Ya Allah, in this night of maghfirat, in this night of the month of Ramadan, Ya Allah, each and every one of us is turning to you. Each and every one of us knows our own sins. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you know all of our sins. Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for the sins that we know. Forgive us the sins that are known only to you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for the unspeakable sins that we have done. Forgive us for the despicable sins that we have done. Forgive us for the shameless sins that we have done. Forgive us for the remorseless sins that we have done. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Allah, we ask you to shower your mercy upon us. Wash away all the sins from our heart. 
washed away all the effects and traces of sin from our heart. And Ya Allah, put the nur of iman back into our heart. Put the nur of taqwa back into our heart. Put the nur of your muhabbat into our heart. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us a heart that yearns for you. Grant us a heart that longs for you. Grant us a heart that seeks you. Ya Allah, grant us a heart that strives for you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, there are ayyam ma'dudat. Ya Allah, it is in your Quran and your ahkum al-hakimeen. And surely you have spoken truly. Ya Allah, we have but a few days left in this month of Ramadan. But limited days left in this Ramadan. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you shower your mercy upon us. Strengthen us in this month of Ramadan. Give us the ability to spend the last few days of Ramadan with passion and vigor. Ya Allah, enable us also to find Laylatul Qadr. Enable us to spend those last five nights and the last odd nights of the month of Ramadan seeking Laylatul Qadr. Ya Allah, enable us to rise on that night for worship. Let us remain awake in that night and worship. Ya Allah, let us earn your pleasure and mercy on that night. Ya Allah, put power in our ability on those nights. Put power in our tawbah on this night. Ya Allah, we come to you with the weakest of imans. We come to you with the most kacha of imans. Ya Allah, we ask you to enable us to find little tukadr and to put power back in our iman, to put the strength back into our iman, to grant us yakin in our iman, to grant us istikamat in our a'mal. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, we are only here due to your mercy. Anything and everything we have ever done is only because of your mercy and fazl and karam. Ya Allah, we ask you to shower more of your mercy upon us. Grant us tawfiq to do even more ibadat in this month of Ramadan. Grant us tawfiq to please you once and for all in this month of Ramadan. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we want once and for all to become yours. We want once and for all to belong to you. Ya Allah, accept us as your ibad. Accept us as your servants and slave. Let us be amongst the ibadullah. Let us belong to you once and forever. Ya Allah, do not return us back to our nafs. When this month ends and the shayateen are unleashed, Ya Allah, do not return us back to the shayateen. Ya Allah, we have spent years of our life belonging to shaitan. We have spent years of our life belonging to our nafs. We have spent years of our life belonging to dunya and makhluk. Ya Allah, we wish to spend the rest of our life belonging to you. Ya Allah, accept this dua. Accept this pledge of ours. Ya Allah, and save us from the test and the fitna of mal. Save us from being attracted unduly to this world. Ya Allah, increase our attraction for the akhirah. Increase our tazkirah and remembrance of the akhirah. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and we ask you to save us from the test of Jamal. Ya Allah, save us from being attracted to the false beauty of this world. Save us from being attracted to the temporary beauties of this world. Ya Allah, we ask you to incline our hearts towards your Jamal hakiki towards your true and everlasting beauty. Ya Allah, we too wish to see your beauty in the Day of Judgment. We too wish to be able to gaze upon you and your resplendent beauty in, in, in Jannah. Ya Allah, we ask you to grant us Jannah. اللهم إنا نسألك جنة الفردوس بغير حساب ونأوذ بك من النار يا الله we ask that you grant us جنة الفردوس we ask you to grant it to us even if we may not deserve it we ask you to grant us the eternal sahmat of the Anbiya alayhi salam we ask you to make us the eternal sahabi and sahabi of Sayyidina Rasul alayhi salam and ya Allah we ask you to save us from the torments of the hellfire save us from the punishment of the grave save us from the difficulties of that day make light our hisab on that day. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we the sinners are asking for you to make our hisab light. 
only because, Ya Allah, we have hope in your mercy and we have hope in your ability to change us in this month of Ramadan. Ya Rabbi Kareem, change us in this month of Ramadan. Change us in this month of Ramadan. Make us amongst the muttaqeen in this month of Ramadan. Make us amongst the zakirin in this month of Ramadan. Make us amongst the sabirin, shakirin, mutawakkilin, awabin, tawabin in this month of Ramadan. Ya Allah, make us amongst the true muslimin and mu'mineen in this month of Ramadan. Ya Allah, accept all the ibadah that we made in this month. Accept all the nasihats that we gave and heard in this month. Ya Allah, everything that we know or that we have read, everything that we have been taught or that we teach, Ya Allah, ascribe that upon our hearts. Make our hearts and our actions do amal on our ilm. Grant us ikhlas and sincerity in that amal. Grant us istiqamat on both the ikhlas and the amal. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you accept us on this night. Accept our du'as on this night. Ya Allah, make us true followers of the Prophet Let us not be a means of disappointing him on the Day of Judgment. Let us not be a means of letting him down on the Day of Judgment. Let us not be a means of delaying his entry into Jannat on the Day of Judgment. Ya Rabbi Kareem, rather we ask you to forgive us and make us pious ummatis who can earn his shifat on the Day of Judgment. Who can drink from the house a from him on the day of judgment? Who can accompany him into Jannat on the day of judgment? Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to make this the best Ramadan that we have lived up till now. To make this the best few days that we will live up till now. To make the next few nights the best nights that we have lived up till now. And to grant us all of the khair and from the deen from our lives to follow. Grant us the hasanat of the dunya in our lives to follow. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samir alim Watubu alayna innaka anta attuwabu rahim Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin Amen